Welcome to The Plants We Eat, an investigation of the history, science, and culture behind the plants that we use for food. My name is Jeff Gilman, and I'm the director of the UNC Charlotte Botanical Gardens and a plant history enthusiast. And I'm Cindy Proctor, part-time instructor from Central Piedmont in Charlotte, North Carolina, and a garden landscape professional. Very good. And it changes pretty much every time. No. And yet... Just for you. I was going to say, you don't actually change what you do. You just (laughs) change your title. And today we have a a really interesting podcast on paprika. Paprika. And, and, the, and the crazy thing is, of course, we say a very, very interesting podcast. When, when you look through, now, Cindy, I'm speaking to you specifically, and okay. our listeners too, but they don't generally speak back to me. So, okay. Cindy, you, um, you're looking through your shelves and you're looking at all the different spices you have. Uh, what's the most boring spice that there is? Uh, cumin. Is it cumin? Really? Well, See, I pe- think paprika. I th- yeah. Is. I think cumin has a little bit of an interesting flavor. I think on my shelf, paprika is, if I, if I have a recipe, and um, there's one spice that I just don't care if it's left out or not, is paprika. Well, you know, during our probably child and young adulthood, mm-hmm. or let's just say adulthood when we cooked, mm-hmm. or as children when we ate deviled eggs or or something, that's the only reason you used paprika. For color. Yeah, there was no taste to it. Right. See, that's, that's exactly and that's it. that's a point that we're going to make, right. I hope. Yeah, we are. Okay, I good. Mean, well, you know, we should... Here we are getting into it, and we haven't even told people what paprika is yet. There are a lot of people out there who may not even realize what this is. It's, uh, it's peppers. Yes, ground so, peppers. That's all it is, yes. is ground peppers. Clever, this, though. You think about it. <laughs> if you need that flavor in a dish, you're not taking up any bulk. You can just add paprika if you that's get true. the right kind. That's true. That's true. Okay, so let's talk about paprika just a little bit. Um, in terms of the type of peppers, well, it's a species of pepper. Uh, which is the same as the species used for chili pepper. I mean, these are different varieties of pepper, but chili peppers, jalapenos, bell peppers, these are actually all exactly the same species. There are certain um, peppers that are generally considered uh, or are primarily used for paprika. Those include the, and you probably haven't heard these before, the almas pepper or the bulldog pepper. Um, They're both red peppers. Uh, Almas makes a slightly spicier paprika. It almost actually means apple in Hungarian, and bulldog is a, actually a place in Hungary. And uh, paprika ha- is most common in Hungary. But the thing is that peppers aren't originally from Hungary. Uh, peppers are from South and Central America. Finally, something on yeah. this side of the pond, this side of the, if you will. So they're from, they're from this part of the world. Um, not so much from North America. Um, Mexico. Mexico, right. Okay. So not, right. So Mexico and South. Then uh, Christopher Columbus, at least it's reported that he brought them Mm -hmm. uh, back across to Europe, where they uh, eventually made their way from Spain to uh, the Turks and eventually to Hungary. It became common in the 1700s in Hungary, and paprika is considered to be a Hungarian spice. Uh, in fact, in uh, you, you know how champagne is supposed to come from Champagne, France, mm-hmm. and uh, if it comes from somewhere else, it's supposed to have a different name. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, in 1909, we actually passed some legislation saying that paprika um, had to be from Hungary. Now, that obviously isn't the case today, but that was, that was actually passed in 1909, that, that if it came from somewhere else, it should actually be called uh, ground pimento instead of ground paprika. So ground pimento. Okay. So paprika 
is valued, uh, it's valued in large part because of its color, but it's also valued because of its flavor. And here in the United States, paprika is uh, boring. (laughs) It just is. Um, But if you look at Hungarian paprika, they actually have um, eight different levels of heat. Uh, with uh, the hottest being Eros, and it actually is, you know, getting close to chili or even cayenne peppers. So if if you're looking for really good paprikas, you can actually look to Hungary and find some some interesting paprikas. If you're looking for smoked paprika, and by the way, that's what I prefer. I really like a smoked paprika, and that's generally a Spanish paprika. But what do you use paprika for? Okay, so I use paprika myself, and I do a little bit of cooking, but I use paprika personally for one thing, and I use the smoked paprika as a dry rub for my uh, barbecue. It adds... uh, And you're a big barbecuer. I am a big barbecuer. I do a lot of, uh, you know, between 12 and 16 hours smoking of pork butts and um, ribs. It's kind of my thing. Um, I can get a smoky flavor from... I use... Pecan, actually. Mm-hmm. Pecan wood is my favorite wood to use, although I also use hickory and periodically other things, depending on what I'm smoking. Um, the smoked paprika, you might say, but don't you get enough smoke from the pecan? And and the answer is, well, yes, but the paprika adds a little something different that I can actually taste. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I get enough smokiness from the pecan, but it adds an, a slightly different flavor, which I actually do like. Now, worldwide, what is paprika used for? Well, probably what we should what we should talk about is how it's used in, in Hungary. Because again, in, in Hungary, it's a really big thing. And the, the big thing it's used for there is goulash. And I've had delicious goulash, mm-hmm. bright red, obviously from the amount of paprika. Part of the reason we don't think of it as being very tasty is because a lot of us here in the United States tend to under-spice things. Uh, paprika needs to be used liberally. I mean, you sprinkle a little bit on your deviled egg, you know what? It, it just doesn't do anything for it. You've got, to, you've got to really, you know, put a lot in there to get, to get those flavors. Paprika is also used for a, a classic Hungarian dish called chicken paprika. It's really good. Have you had it? Yes. I had a friend uh, who was from Hungary when I lived in mm-hmm. Raleigh, and she made me dinner a couple of times, and I was lucky to have some of these dishes. Oh, very cool. I've, n- I've never had it. Apparently, Hungarian sausage uh, is also extremely red, and it, and it gets the red color from the paprika. Every Hungarian eats over a pound. I shouldn't say every Hungarian. What I should say is the average Hungarian <laughs> eats over a pound of paprika a year. Pound. A pound. Can you imagine eating a pound of paprika? No. <laughs> it's like flour. <laughs> so paprika, just to give you an idea of the spiciness level, you're familiar with Scoville heat units. And when we talk about jalapenos in a few weeks, we're going to talk about Scoville heat units. And uh, Scoville heat units are basically how you measure the spiciness of a pepper. So just to give you an idea of how spicy the typical paprika is, um, if you eat uh, like a chili powder, um, chili powder is going to be in the uh, 1,000 to 1,500, uh, so about 1,000 to 1,500 Scoville heat units, whereas Paprika is going to be in the 100 to 500 Scoville heat units. And that's just if you pick a generic paprika off the shelf. So typically here in the U.S. it's pretty mild. But obviously in Hungary and even in Spain and other areas, you, you can get it hotter. So the, the interesting thing about paprika to me is that paprika is actually rated or, or graded not only by its heat, but one way that we grade it is by its color. 
by its redness. And this is a, a very big deal, and it's led to many, many issues over the years as you look through the literature. Because what you have are different people trying to make their paprika look better than their paprika is. So what am I, what am I talking about? Well, back in the 1800s and early 1900s, during grinding, they would actually add a little bit of olive oil. And adding that olive oil would actually make a brighter red paprika, improving the grade. And there were actually a number of uh, chemical tests made to test for this olive oil because that was seen as a way to cheat. Mm -hmm. Now, you should probably understand just a little bit more about the red color. The red color comes primarily from the skin of the pepper. Mm -hmm. Paprika is made with these red peppers. Well, this red color can be diluted either from uh, the pepper being too old, uh, from it being scarred up, or you know, just not, not in good condition. But it can also be because they add a lot of seeds hmm. to the paprika. And the seeds will actually change the color. So that can be an issue. You It'll want to change the heat of it, too. It'll, it will change mm -hmm. the heat of it as okay. well, potentially making it hotter. Mm -hmm. the, the better paprikas, though, are considered to be the ones with fewer seeds, obviously fewer or less damage to the fruit. So again, the color is related to the... The color's related to the quality. Well, we depend on the color sometimes to 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 enhance the dish appearance. Right. So, yeah, okay. Right. So I, I after after doing all this research on paprika, I came away with the conclusion that really the color of this stuff is as important in most cases as the taste. I agree. I'm gonna say smoked paprika aside. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So the olive oil um, was used, and there were a number of chemical tests that you could use to check for. Olive oil, and as you look through the literature, it's fascinating the different things that you could do. Um, additionally, you'd have other things in the dish. For example, they'd have a way to check for too many seeds, and you'd have a way even to check for things like um, vegetable matter and flour, which could be used uh, simply to as a filler. Sure. And, and you're allowed to use a certain amount of filler, but but not that much. So to me, though, a little bit of olive oil uh, really wasn't that big a deal. But then over time, as uh, chemistry got more advanced, you start to see um, different adulterations of the food, some of which were just absolutely, um, absolutely fascinating and, and also uh, mildly disturbing. Uh, in fact, sometimes they were, they were more than mildly disturbing. Uh, for example, to pick, a, to pick a recent one, in 2004, aflatoxin, um, was discovered in Hungarian paprika by authorities in Slovenia. And the thing about uh, aflatoxin is that it is a carcinogenic, it's a natural substance, but it is a carcinogenic substance. And the, the problem with this, not only that you had a carcinogenic, uh, a carcinogenic uh, product in your paprika, the other problem with this is that the only way to get aflatoxin in your paprika is if your paprika, your peppers, come from the tropics. So this was supposed to be Hungarian paprika, and they found aflatoxin in it, which is two problems. First of all, you have a carcinogen, and that's the big deal. But the second issue is they were actually showing that the Hungarian paprika was being adulterated by adding peppers from the tropics, which is actually a, a big deal when you're advertising something as Hungarian paprika. Then, uh, if to pick one that's even more concerning. 
a year after 2004, in 2005, a carcinogenic dye used for non-food-related purposes was, was found in paprika, and that was Sudan dye. And why would Sudan dye uh, be such an issue? Or why would they add Sudan dye? It's a brilliant red. And so people use this Sudan dye, which is an industrial dye. I mean, the fact that it's carcinogenic, um, it's used in industry in places that you would, you know, people wouldn't be exposed to it in such a way that the carcinogenic, that is carcinogenic would have any issue. But all of a sudden, when you put it into your food, well, obviously that's, that's a different, that's a different matter. Um, so Sudan dye is periodically found in, uh, in paprika, and they, they actually do constantly test for that. Now, let me get to the most concerning one, the one that, uh, the one that actually uh, bothers me the most. And this is even more than the vegetable dyes in coal tar, which was used in the early 1900s. Wow, I haven't yeah. heard that in a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, coal tar was actually used in the early 1900s. And when you're testing for olive oil, you could yeah. also test for coal tar. You know, do all your testing at once, olive oil, coal tar. Um, so these were, these were concerning, but this, I'm going to tell you the scariest one. In 1994, there was an article in the LA Times talking about the paprika scandal. So we can call this the paprika scandal of <laughs> 1994. And in 1994... Uh, in, in Hungary, 46 people ended up in the hospital extremely ill after eating only a relatively small amount of, uh, of paprika. And it turns out that um, the reason these 46 people were in the hospital, these, these people had been poisoned, and they had been poisoned with lead. Wow. And so this was lead poisoning. And the lead poisoning was from lead oxide. So whether you realize it or not, lead oxide looks just like paprika. Look it up. Lead, lead oxide is this uh, beautiful red powder of almost exactly the same shade as paprika. So a, uh, some unethical Hungarian uh, company, and that's where it looks like it came from, some unethical small Hungarian companies had used this lead oxide to make paprika look like regular paprika. So obviously, this created a, a, a major issue. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, in Kansas, this happened again in 2012. A two-year-old girl had lead poisoning after lead oxide was used to color paprika. They said the lead could have come from the soil, but the most likely place that the lead came from is somebody using lead oxide to, uh, to color the paprika. So interesting, interesting spice, uh, much more varied than, we, uh, than you originally think of. It's not like thyme. No, not like thyme. A diverse, a div it is a diverse yes. spice. But, but I'm, I'm stuck on the lead poison. Do you think that would happen now? But you said 2012. Happened in 2012. Do I think that could happen now? Yeah. 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 I think that a lot of this stuff could happen now. Now, um, testing of food is so much more rigorous today than it was even 20 years well, ago. No more. That I don't think it's likely. But could it happen today? Uh, I, I think that it's naive of us to think that some adulteration of food doesn't happen. Well, with with paprika, you I have read that you they can add other peppers to it, yes. and it not be a you know a homogenous yeah. spice on your countertop or, or in the cabinet. I I saw I saw a few people who actually made their own paprika mm -hmm. out of red bell peppers, and they reported on the flavor, and you know it, they they were saying that the flavor of that was uh, 
as good as and perhaps even better than the paprika they got from Hungary. And that that actually doesn't surprise me. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. (laughs) Because you can grow your uh, own peppers. You named a great one, Alma. Mm-hmm. And it, and it does have a hint of heat to it, like you said. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, one that would be easy to harvest yourself is called uh, Kaloska okay. with a K. And it's because the walls of the pepper are thin. Mm-hmm. So when it dries, um, you can put it in a coffee grinder you know, and dry th- it. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that I didn't point out, which is worth pointing out, for the drying of these fruits, the reason that they think that the lead oxide was added in Hungary mm-hmm. was because they were trying to, the people producing the paprika were trying to cut corners and they tried to dry it rapidly. Mm-hmm. And when you dry paprika, the, the pepper, red peppers rapidly, you lose some of the coloration right. and they become brown. Mm-hmm. When you do a slower drying, uh, they retain their redness and may even become more intense. Well, think about uh, all the, the, ornate uh, pepper wreaths and pepper garland. Have you ever seen those as a, as a source of decoration yes, that have. stems from, you know, the kitchen? Because mm-hmm. that, you know, we'll, we would dry our peppers and use for other reasons than paprika, but mm-hmm. uh, that is essentially, you do it for like two weeks mm-hmm. before all the moisture has escaped. The rinds, if Does you two will. Weeks, well, two weeks? About two weeks. Make and it you, dry it, enough? And you, you can do it on a cookie sheet, too. Okay. Uh, but uh, you you do that, and then is it is the rinds, if you will, has mm-hmm. lost all the moisture and they're very puckered and mm-hmm. and um, look at look as such. Try a piece and grind it, and if it's still leathery, then it has to keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you can make your own very easily. Um, but getting one, like I said, um, it's called Kaloska mm-hmm. with a K. It's uh, where the the fruit is thin walled. Mm-hmm. Meaning it won't doesn't have as much moisture. You know, so. as I was as I was reading this, uh, all this stuff, I was thinking to myself when I was a kid. Um, you know, I, I grew up on on an apple orchard, and we had different types of apples. And the best type of you know, you can buy different ciders now. The sure. delicious cider. The best cider to me was a cider with all these different things mixed together. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, would it be worth with paprika mixing some of these different paper, peppers? Maybe have some jalapenos. Maybe have some bell peppers. Maybe I have some. I mean, I haven't tried that, but I think our, we have an experienced palate now, mm-hmm. you know, and we're looking for flavor, not garnish. So mm-hmm. you, it would be hit or miss mm-hmm. instead of a consistent, you know, flavor. Uh, but it would be worth, it would be fun to try. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, people like yourself with your barbecue, you're pretty <laughs> fussy about that barbecue. At this point, I am pretty fussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when, I, when I started, I wasn't. But, you know, after a few years, you get very particular. Um one one thing that I found interesting, and I don't know if you uh, you discovered this, um, peppers are not, they're certainly, we think of them as an annual crop, plant them in the spring. They're warm season crop. You know, they really don't grow much when you get into the fall, and they don't start growing until you get into the early summer. Um, but they are actually a perennial plant, which will live many seasons if you, they don't see frost. They're frost sensitive. Oh, well, yes, but most places except for a few areas in the United States. Yeah, well, yeah. But, you yeah. know, around the world, you could, if, you, if you don't see frost, absolutely, uh, they could be a perennial crop. They would need a, a, a dormant or a resting period. Mm-hmm. And, but, they, uh, but for folks that are in the temperate, you know, parts of the world, you would need to buy transplants. They need a long, warm season. 
Yeah. And um, so buying them from seed just it may not be long enough. Our seasons may not be long enough to to give you a good crop. Do you grow a lot of peppers? I grow a few Do you? every okay. year. Red or just whatever you find? Red. And I see really? what happens. Okay. Yeah, red and green and see gonna, what happens. Do you have any this year? Do you have any I didn't have any this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, because we, we had some stuff put in. I couldn't have that. But yeah. I, I was, um, after I finished all this, I, I am inspired to at least uh, try some different paprikas at the very minimum. I, I don't know if I'll try to make it myself. I'll Raise be beds. Raise beds. But I have to be honest, I really want to, after reading about some of these different Hungarian paprikas, uh, I really want to give them a shot and see if they're a little bit different. So. You know, that, that to recap this, a good thing is when you do that, make sure you know what part of the country you're getting your mm-hmm. transplants from, you yes. know, or where they're from. Because, and then investigate what uh, Hungarian, because there's not a Hungarian pepper plant. No, no, there isn't. That's a very good, that's mm-hmm. a very good point. Yes. All right. That's it. Well, then. This has been The Plants We Eat. I'd like to thank UNC Charlotte Botanical Gardens, along with UNC Charlotte College of Liberal Arts and Sciences, and the Isle Group for helping out on this podcast. And we look forward to talking to you next week.